If you are in Sydney or Melbourne, listen up because we have some exciting news for you. Listen. Yeah, listen. Saturday, July. (laughs) Melbourne, we are doing Do Go On The Quiz Show live one night only or one afternoon only. Part of the Replay Festival at Comedy Republic on Saturday, July 6th at 3pm. This is 2024. And then the next weekend in Sydney, we are going up for a live Do Go On podcast at the fabulous Ritz Cinema on Saturday, July 13th at 3pm. Also 2024. Yeah, 2024. Yeah. Listen. 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 And get tickets. Buy tickets. Tickets Come on. at dogoonpod.com. Come. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey team, just Dave here with Matt and Jess. Hello. Hello. <laughs> we are just dropping into your feed midweek to uh, tell you that what you're about to hear is a little bonus mini episode, if you will. Mm, I will. Ooh. Can I call it a Minnesota? Oh, oh, I love that. Minnesota? Oh, you are about to hear oh, yes. Delicious. A Minnesota. <laughs> and this is the audio taken from episode three of our web series that you can watch for free right now on the stupid old YouTube channel, which we will link in the description of this episode. And it definitely works as a podcast, just like uh, all our other episodes. But if you want to see it in its full glory, 4Ds, Mm -hmm. full high definition, our faces, a library, some animations, some sound effects. Yep. And some Dave. Yes. You get the to fourth see D. The fourth D stands for Dave. <laughs> uh, you can click the link in the description of this episode, but otherwise you can just hear the audio of it and uh, definitely works as a podcast. And Matt, what are we about to hear this week? Uh, it's all about the darkest day in Australian racing, uh, the fine cotton scandal. It's a pretty um, wild story. It's a wild ride. We probably didn't need to say any more because we're about to tell you all about it in this episode. Yeah, totally. So uh, check it out along with all our other episodes that we've put up on the stupid old YouTube channel. But apart from that, sit back and enjoy. It was one of the most controversial events in Australian horse racing history, involving an imposter horse, a record betting plunge, and a motley crew of colourful racing identities. This week, I'm talking about the fine cotton scandal. Hi, I'm Matt Stewart. This is Jess Perkins. That is David Hornicky. Hello. Hey, thanks so much for joining me hey. in my uh, bedroom. Thank you. You don't have a bed. No, no, I never sleep. Or I, if I do, I do it sitting and reading. So if I nod off, please poke <laughs> me with a stick today. You excited about this? I'm I'm so excited. Are you familiar? I love a scandal. Great. You know, I love drama. Yes. I love gossip. Yes. I love tick tick tock. Mm-hmm. Can I just say that I love cotton? So, what kind of cotton? Whatever this is. Fine cotton. Well done. Thank you. So, let me take you back. Please. Are you hypnotizing us, or yeah. just telling us a story? I'm telling you a story in hypnotic form. Cool. On the 18th of August. 1984, a good year. Mm. The second novice handicap was run at the Eagle Farm Racecourse in Brisbane, Australia. The following day, the newspapers would call this racing's darkest day. Oh, was it a bit cloudy? It was very overcast. Oh, no. (laughs) Couldn't see who won. Yeah. It was a race where only horses who had limited to no success were eligible. And even amongst this ordinary (laughs) company, a horse named Fine Cotton was a rank outsider. So... 
It's a horse race for losers. Yeah. Oh, it's like a participation award. Totally. For horse racing. Yeah, there's there's like lots of levels. So, you know, the group one's like the big race at Melbourne Cups and stuff. And then it goes all the way down. There's levels for full-on battlers. But what's to stop you from pretending to be shit and then on race day, oh, I'm, I'm far lap. I think you can do that once, but as soon as you've had it, like there's maidens, uh, uh, mm. races that only horses that never won can enter. So one, you can do that once, I guess. Right. But you'd have to pretend to suck for a while. And I mean, also that's then, actually been my plan my, this, my whole life. But then what's the prestige of winning, an, uh, winning the race for losers? Um, winning? <laughs> good point. That's a good point. That's a good point, well like made. That. I'd rather win the race for losers than lose the race for winners. Yeah. Okay. That is a, your kind of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Fine Cotton was born on the 29th of November, 1976. He was a veteran racehorse and a genuine battler. In its 70 career starts, it had only won twice. In its previous race, it came 10th in a field of 12. Okay. So it had, top 10. it had some wins in some dud races, but two out of seven is... Not great. Not great. And I'm no mathematician. I'm not really into horse racing, but I don't think that's good. Yeah, you're right. I believe. I took a punt there. I used to be... Hey, good start. Thank I you. used to be riding a horse racing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you lost everything. I lost everything. Mm. My house, my car, my friends, uh-huh. my face. Yep. Had to get a new one. Had to get a new face. <laughs> that's yeah. not true. And that's what you chose. Crazy. I didn't have a big budget. <laughs> <laughs> How much did that face put you back? Well, in, in 1983 dollars. Yeah. 78 cents. Oof. But today, yeah. that's four or five bucks. Yeah. So. No regrets. Yeah, fair enough. When the betting opened, it had odds of 33 to 1. This is fine cotton. Meaning for every dollar you bet on it, you'd win 33 back if it got up. Whereas the favourite, Harbour Gold, was the short price favourite. I think if you put a dollar on it, you might not even double your money. Oh, right. Harbour Gold. Harbour Gold. That's a good name. It's a good name. I bet on that one. My favourite horse name ever is Hoof Hearted. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. Like the horse's (laughs) hoof. Okay. At heart. But it sounds like who farted. Oh, it's like one of those double meaning things. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And it's better when you explain it too. I yeah, think. I yeah. agree. Because yeah. I didn't get it before. Yeah. And then when I got it, after you explained it, yeah. it was better. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so much money was bet on fine cotton though, that by race time, its price had shortened to around four to one. So it'd come in from 33 to one to, into four to one in the matter of a few hours. Uh, while the favourite Harbour Gold drifted out to five to one. Oh. So now Fine Cotton's the favourite, Harbour Gold's moved into second favourite. Punders were backing Fine Cotton so heavily, it was almost as if it was a different horse. Because it was. What? <laughs> we're a big fan of the phrase, it was a different time. Yeah. But I much prefer the phrase, it was a different horse. <laughs> what you've got to understand is... It was a different horse. It was horse. a different horse. Okay. <laughs> yes, my grandfather said some problematic things. It yeah. was a different horse. It was a different horse. This wasn't a, a pre-9-11 horse. horse. <laughs> Quite literally. They grew up in a different horse. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know what this story is? I Are you guess. intrigued sufficiently? I'm, I'm very intrigued. You're saying it's not... It's changed odds like it was a different horse because it was, it was a different, a different horse. horse. Yeah, I'm let's... fascinated to see how the logistics. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. So we've got to go back to around a month prior where this scam originated. It was a scam, by the way. <laughs> it wasn't just oh, like... Spoilers. It didn't somehow just morph into a different horse. Wow. Humans made this so... <laughs> Humans morphed it into a different horse. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Are we capable of that? Yeah, we are. Sick. If we believe in ourselves. <laughs> we have the technology. That's my main takeaway message today. Believe in yourselves. And we can change horses. Full stop. The scam was organised by a syndicate of colourful racing identities, all of whom are said to have loved a beer. Okay. I mean, if you didn't love beer, would they not let you into the scam? Yeah. <laughs> Test number one. You Drink this beer. beer. No, uh, I'm really more of a red wine kind of guy. Get out. Get her out. Next. You get out. The group was made up of its leader, John Gillespie, a small-time criminal, who'd been in and out of jail throughout his life. Uh, there was also Robert North, the son of a wealthy Brisbane socialite. And he was also uh, worked in real estate. And also, making up the trio, a horse trainer and likeable lad named Hayden Haytana. 
It's a pretty sweet name. Hayden Haytana. Hey, Hayden Haytana. Oh, I love that. Haytana. Haytana. Fine cotton was... Hayden Haytana. You know, like that. Really jumps out at you. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. That's how he trained his horses. Yeah, he spooked <laughs> His them. horses would be like trotting along. And, like, hey! and they'd like... And they'd run faster. That's how horses yeah. run. <laughs> <laughs> On their hind legs. <laughs> uh, fine cotton was purchased by the group for $1,000, which was very cheap because it sucked. <laughs> It had already sucked, you know, it had already been racing for a Yeah, $1,000 is cheap for a horse, isn't it? Yeah. It doesn't matter what kind of horse you're living in. It doesn't matter what. <laughs> 1000 bucks. It's confusing now. 1000 bucks is cheap yeah. for a horse. Yeah, How yeah. does a horse go for? Uh, 1000 bucks. That's the only horse I've ever known. Well. Price. I don't know anybody who owns a horse. Really? And you grew up in the affluent east. Well, no. I, I assumed you all had your own horse. No, we lived in the suburbs. Not We didn't have fields, uh, paddocks. I would have thought you had property... Acreage. Yes. Father, shall we go visit the horse this weekend? No, I didn't have a horse. Thanks yeah. for bringing it up. I asked him for Christmas. I had seven ponies. <laughs> I just wanted one full horse. <laughs> seven half horse. Doesn't add up. Dad kept saying it did, but it didn't. It doesn't. Seven, ho- seven ponies does not make it a horse, Dad. <laughs> That's what I'd say. That's what I always said to him. So they bought fine cotton for a grand, but they also had another horse named Dashing Solterre that cost 10 times that amount. Did they? 10,000? Yes. Oh, God. You are, I mean, tick, tick, tick. What you didn't know is we edited out five minutes there where <laughs> I went out, did the sums, uh-huh. and we're back. 10,000. We called a mathematician. Yeah. <laughs> Brent, can you confirm? <laughs> Brent, just confirm. Brent. Is Brent it? is our resident mathematician. Yeah, We've got know. him on retainer. Hello, Brent. He's if our you, mathematician. If you were to guess who Dashing Solterre might have looked like as a horse, who would you guess? Farlap. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Ed? Fine cotton. An absolute dead ringer. They looked identical. Oh, Apparently you the couldn't chances? pick them apart. What are the chances? So how would they know who was who? Did they put a bow on one of them? They put a bow on one. <laughs> yeah, you know, some people when they have um, identical twins and they like paint the toenails of one of them when they're little babies so they can tell oh. the difference. Did they paint their toenails? Actually, that's pretty. That does something like that happens later. Yes, <laughs> pretty much it does. I'm a genius. Uh, the two horses looked identical, but as runners, they were nothing alike. Oh. Dashing Soltel was a much more talented runner and had form that would have ruled it ineligible for a race like the second novice handicap at Eagle Farm. <laughs> second novice handicap. You're cheating at the second novice handicap. What are you doing? Uh, but that's what the syndicate planned. Dashing Solterre was going to run as fine cotton, allowing them to back their horse at high odds and make a small fortune. So it's not about winning the prize money. It's about... Betting on their own horse. Betting on a horse that's going to have odds of like 33 to 1, but you put, knowing that it should have much better odds. Yeah, right. Put a grand on. you. How much you get? Coming up. How much you get? Let me call Brent. <laughs> get Brent on the phone. And we're back. 33,000. <laughs> Uh, to ensure fine cotton was paying a big price, in the month leading up to the race, they overworked it on the track and ran it in other races. Something like nine races in 30 days. Oh, That's poor too horse. many races. So it's like, yeah, like full animal cruelty stuff. If I work nine days in a month, I am exhausted. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Which you do nearly every month. Oh, Well, you mean precisely nine days? Precisely nine. 10, 11, fine. No, no, no. Any more than nine. Really? I'm a wreck. I need a month off. So I work month on, month off. You're a FIFO. Yeah. Comedian. Radio <laughs> host slash comedian. I'm a FIFO comedian. you got to look after yourself, you know. Oh, you do. Nine days. Oh, my goodness. When do you sleep? Unbelievable. Night time. What was that? Oh, that was, sorry. I thought you were asking me a question. Night time. You last when I sleep. With each poor run, its price would get longer in the subsequent race. So it was ballooning out further and further as they went along. Hey, Tana, uh, trained the two horses. Hey, Tana. Hey, Tana. <laughs> Whilst overworking fine cotton, he quietly trained Dashing Solterre to be cherry ripe for the big race. Unfortunately for the syndicate, though, things came unstuck when Dashing Solterre was injured only a week before the race. Oh, no. Cutting his leg on a barbed wire fence, meaning it was unable to race. Oh, no. From here, the smart player would probably have been to abandon the scam. The three were meeting in a Brisbane pub when Gillespie phoned their financial backer, Mick Sayers, to tell him that they might have to call it a day. Sayers didn't take the news well, telling Gillespie if he bailed on the scam, 
one of the trio was going to turn up dead. Oh. One in three chance. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Two out of three. Yeah. The odds are in your favour of not turning up dead. So, yeah, worth the rolling of the dice. I'd take that. Well, they disagreed. Oh. So if someone said one of the three of us was going to get killed, because um, I'll remind you there's three of us as well, you'd be okay with those odds. Two to one. Let's play Russian roulette later. Yeah. Dave's going to die. I don't think I am. I think you are. Because I'm going to rig it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said it. Can you edit that out? Edit that out. Dave's Dave's head. Stricken that from the record. I will. I will not tell Brent about that when he does the odds (laughs) later on. So this is what Gillespie said. He said he was at the pub. The three of them were at the pub. He went off, took this phone call. said, oh, Sayers said one of us is going to be dead. Apparently, though, that might not have actually happened. Maybe Gillespie was making it up, using Sayers as a sort of boogeyman to to scare them into going through with it. That's what journalist Peter Hoisted uh, believes. Hoisted become like the kind of the expert on on this whole scandal. He's written a book about it. He goes around touring, doing interviews about (laughs) it. Touring. Touring. (laughs) He does 100 dates a year. He's a touring journalist. (laughs) But yeah, he's a long-term columnist for the Australian as well. Cool. Uh, So either way, whether that is what happened or not, they forged on with the plan. But now they needed kind of a plan B because they didn't have the imposter horse anymore. So they <laughs> needed a new horse. Get some kids in a, an outfit. Yes. Do they think <laughs> about that? <laughs> yeah, Themselves. Yeah. I reckon three men could outrun a horse. Yeah, three yeah. times the running ability. One horsepower equals three manpower. Is that yeah. Right? yeah, I think that's, I think so. I think that's yeah. mathematically correct. Yeah. I'll double check. Brand. Okay. <laughs> so they ideally wanted another identical horse. But the odds of finding one... Proved to be difficult. Right. Because uh, they couldn't. Not, horses, not in the couple of days they had before Horses, the like humans, are individuals. Yeah. Well, they're all snowflakes. It's beautiful. Well, <laughs> I know we're all snowflakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was like uh, one time we went on a school camp to Outback Australia and there was a pub where people would put their licenses all out. The pub was just covered in licenses from all around the world. And of course, where they're 17 years old, got to be 18 to drink here. So everyone's going, trying to find someone that looks like them to use as their fake ID. <laughs> That's so good. It's, as you said, the odds are really against it. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> I wouldn't have even thought of yeah. that. That's the kind of nerd I was. But the photo's so small. A horse is big. Yeah, you know? yeah true. I reckon... And like, you're looking at a photo on someone's ID, all you're seeing is like shoulders up. Yeah. But when you you're can not saying s- what kind of hooves they have. When you can see a horse, you can see all of them. Yeah, their yeah. faces might look similar, but their tails might be slightly yeah. different. Yeah. That is, that is very true. So they were on the, on the lookout for another horse. Couldn't find one that was identical. So they had to buy one that they uh, could get their hands on. And it was a horse named Bold Personality. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that means he's a, he's a bit shit. Like he's an ugly horse, but he's got a bold personality. <laughs> You know? <laughs> I hadn't considered that, but yeah. He's a shit They're really, horse. yeah, really focusing on the. That's a really the shit. I mean, if he's an ugly horse, then the other two are ugly horses too, right? They look similar. No, this one. Oh, he does. It's particularly ugly. Oh, right. It was uh, based in Coffs Harbour, so they had to go up and drive it back on the back of a float um, to Brisbane. Like Dashing Saltaire, it was much faster than Fine Cotton, but unlike Dashing Saltaire, they were not identical. Okay. Looking. In fact, probably beyond both looking like horses. They didn't have a lot in common physically, including size, colour, that sort size. of thing. Size. Colour. Yeah. I mean, both of those things are pretty hard yeah. to change. I reckon you'd notice, the. F- I mean, to be honest, first thing I'd notice is that it's a different colour. Right. First thing you'd notice is size, typical. Um, yeah, I'd be like, that horse is six times larger than <laughs> This is the biggest horse in the world. You've chosen the horse that's in the Guinness Book of Records. And then you've tried to replace it with that. I mean, you you've could have picked. You've got a Clydesdale. Any, you could have what are you picked doing? any horse. <laughs> Why this, did you choose Megatrot? This is the biggest this, horse of all time. This is a statue of a horse. It doesn't even move. Uh, yeah, we we'll put wheels on it. It'll be yeah. fine. It's got a remote control. It's yeah. sick. We we'll put a Ferrari under the hood. It's <laughs> driving around the track. It's a prancing Do, pony. Doing burnouts. Can we have money now? Yeah, just Do give us money. Do we win? So the syndicate had a problem. The horses were different colours. Fine cotton, a dark chocolate brown. Bold personality, a much lighter brown. It's both brown. Yeah, sure. So How many browns can there be? Basically the same. To conceal this, on the eve of the race, the boozed up trio made their way around Brisbane, clearing out chemists of ladies' hair dye. 
To be fair, it is easier to go darker than lighter. Thank goodness. So otherwise they'd be bleaching a horse and that's not good. And then you've got to go like a toner <laughs> to get the right kind of colour. Going darker is a bit easier, to be fair. Okay. So... So you're feeling good about this? No, absolutely not. But I'm just saying like, phew, that's one thing they didn't have to worry about was bleaching a horse. Yeah. So they bought the entire city supply of hair dye. Yeah. They were driving around just buying four or five bucks because they need a specific colour and brand. So they just went around. How horse did they figure out? And- <laughs> Horse, horse brown. brown. Do, you guys, uh, do you have any horse brown? Oh, yeah, we've got four or five bucks. It's fantastic. We'll how, take them all. I wonder how they figured out exactly which colour they needed. Yeah, well, I think they, they just probably got a box and held it up next to the horse. <laughs> they walked yeah, the horse right. into the camera. <laughs> yeah. What colour is that? <laughs> yeah, have you got, got any of uh, Clairol, that horse colour brown? <laughs> yeah, we do, actually. Actually, yes. Yes. We just got a palette full. That's the number four. No worries. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, there's, there's women with brown hair in the city going, I, I'm going grey and I can't <laughs> yeah. cover it. I've got regrowth. Later that night, whilst downing many beers, the group set up a makeshift equine salon and gave bold personality a makeover, rubbing the hair dye into its beautiful light brown coat before drinking some more and passing out. As they awoke the next morning, <laughs> bleary-eyed and hungover, this feels like it's going to end badly. they went out to inspect the results of their dye job. The sight that greeted them wasn't good. Okay. As they went into the backyard at 6am, already with fresh beers in their hands, they were greeted by the sight of a bright orange bold personality. <laughs> that is bold. Yeah. Now I get where the name comes from. Something they didn't consider is that human hair and horse hair apparently is different huh. and it, it, is, you know, it reacts differently to hair dye. Somehow human brown... Equals horse orange. Yeah. orange. I think that's day one of hairdressing yeah. school. Is it the opposite? Is your beard horse brown? Yeah, I tried to dye it horse brown <laughs> and, you know, this disaster happened. <laughs> Embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, I did not get to run in that race. <laughs> uh, it was an unconvincing lookalike before. Now, even more so. Yeah. It's the world's biggest horse and now it's bright orange. <laughs> Apparently, one of them burst out into laughter as they saw it. But it's the day of the race now. And and they think, or at least two of them think, that Mick's going to kill one of them if yeah. they don't win. Yeah, so like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Laugh, cry. My that favourite w- kind. Yeah, the only kind. Or a shower cry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What about a shower laugh cry? No. <laughs> yeah, okay. Never that combination. Yeah, I pushed it too far. I'm so sorry. Unbelievable. They were running out of time and had to start making their way to the track. On the way, they stopped at Robert North's place, where they took Bold Personality out onto the front lawn to try and hose off its new colour. They also had, at the same point, they had uh, fine cotton with them as well. So they had the two horses on the trail, just in case at some point they had to do a quick swap back. <laughs> so they're always ready with fine cotton there as well, just in case. Why someone... not just dye fine cotton orange as well? Oh, that's good. <laughs> Is it? In the past. Yeah, but, oh, yeah, okay. So if anyone goes, hey, fine cotton is an orange, you go, yeah, he is. The real fine cotton's over here, we'll show you. <laughs> oh, no. I've said too much. Uh, so apparently they're doing this on the front on the front lawn. So if anyone was driving past that day. Just see a horse in the front yard getting hosed down. And it's yeah. bright orange. Bright orange. So it would have been quite a sight. Oh, my God, this poor horse. Uh, luckily, the orange dye rinsed nicely out of the coat. And while wet, it actually looked quite like the colour of... Fine cotton. Okay, let's wet the horse. So let's just keep the horse keep wet. wet. <laughs> we'll get a fire truck to drive alongside it, constantly blasting it as it wins the race. That See that? I don't know if they thought of that. But if you were around back then. I'm maybe. an ideas man. You are an ideas man. So they, they knew that the you know with time, the horse would dry and it would go back to the light brown. So their backup plan was to put a coat on it, you know, like a horse coat. Yeah. And just keep it covered until the last minute, take off the coat when it's in the race. Hope that no one notices. Yeah. That's the plan. And a good plan. That seems pretty reasonable. Is and that a good plan? Could just be like, the horse is a bit chilly. Yeah. Why and not orange. Just, I mean, chilly. <laughs> why not just put it, just keep the coat on in the race? Maybe just um, don't do the scam at all. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, no, you're right. Again, stupid of me. Put the effort in and train fine cotton to be better. Oh, Get yeah, they actually horse. did the opposite of that. <laughs> they tried him to hell. be worse. Um, that wasn't the only problem. Another problem, fine cotton had distinctive white patches on its hind legs, sort of like white socks. Aw. Bold personality did not. Okay. Okay. 
That feels like something you'd probably notice. It's a pretty obvious one. You're going to put socks on this horse? Yeah, put socks on him. He's got a jacket, he's got socks. Yeah, he's ready to hit the town. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) That's cute, isn't it? You see him like rocking up. The bounds like, I'm not in those shoes, sorry, mate. Oh. Oh. I put socks on. (laughs) I got socks on. I'm actually quite dressed up for a horse. (laughs) (laughs) I think you'll find Um, Actually. (laughs) Google a horse. None of them look as good as me. You ever seen a, a horse in a fedora? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a fedora? Yeah, yeah, he's got a fedora on. Oh, this horse is <laughs> Just, ready um, to go. Just black, complete the look, you know? Fedora, that's that's a dress-up horse. Fedora bull. <laughs> I hate myself for that. Oh, I thought it was great. No, you didn't. Don't you lie to me. You're fedora bull. Stop it. Evan, could you put a fedora on Jess's head? Whoa. That's cool. You are fedora bull. <laughs> Thank you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, growing, getting bigger, it all means the same thing. Squarespace (laughs) makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And if you're worried about like, well, I don't know how to write stuff for a website and make myself look good, well, you can get help with the written content for your website with Squarespace AI. You can generate instant personalized results that highlight your brand identity you can explain what your site's about choose your tone enter what you need and bang you got some short and long form text baby so squarespace ai makes it easy to go live stand out and succeed online i'm so glad you had that bit because i thought it was pronounced squarespace ai (laughs) (laughs) anyway sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses or sell files your customers can download. I don't know if I'm hitting all these words as <laughs> intended, like PDFs, music, or ebooks. I would love to buy Matt's ebook. I'd like to buy Matt's course, and you you can do that. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Be more like Matt. Oh, one hundred one. <laughs> wow. How yeah. many? One, does it go to one hundred two? It goes all the way to one hundred two. <laughs> <laughs> You can customise everything with next-generation editing technology. You can create engaging lessons your audience will love and then set the price. You can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Matt, how much is it to be more like Matt 101? Oh, three mil. Wow. Wow. Like per month or? Yeah, USD. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com slash do. Do go on. Um, so they remembered that amongst the drinking the night before, they'd forgotten to do anything about the white markings. <laughs> like, oh, that oh, yeah. who was meant to do that? We forgot. Whoops. But then uh, in the front yard. <laughs> Again in the front yard. In the front, still in the front yard, Gillespie looks over and, and notices a can of white spray paint. He's like, oh, Why was I'm it in luck there? finally. What are the chances? Why was it there? Out of the shed. Sure. <laughs> So he goes over with a beer in one hand, white can of spray paint in the other. He sprays the markings on a bold personality. He's like, fine, cotton's right there so I can make it look just the same. <laughs> He's like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you yeah. Double thumbs up. Yeah. That's all he was doing with his thumb was just giving <laughs> yeah. the horse legs thumbs up. Yeah. Thumbs up to you. Thumbs up to you. Good job, legs. Again, thumbs up to you. Do you think this whole time the two horses are talking to each other like, what are these fucking (laughs) doing? You guys have lost it. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were. Yeah. Uh, The white paint did not look good. It can't be safe either. Don't paint an animal. This this horse, like, honestly, they treated it so badly. It was in a hot, sweaty trailer the day before, a long drive from Coffs Harbour to Brisbane. Apparently, this is something um, that our our mate, the Australian uh, journalist, talked about as well. Apparently, it was so dehydrated when it got there, they had to do this weird thing where they put a hose down its throat and just poured water straight 
oh. into its stomach to rehydrate it. Obviously, that is horrific. And also, they want this horse to win a race. Yeah, yeah so look after it. Yes. Everything about it is, yeah. It's, they don't it's, seem like great people. No, but also so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main focus for this, is that <laughs> they dumb. Do you have there's any point where you're spray painting a horse that you think... <laughs> What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. No, I think that that's when I'd be like, this is living. Yeah. You know? This oh. is just what I imagined my life would be. At some point, you just be like, I'm so deep into this. Yeah. <laughs> You're willing to try anything. But it's funny because you get caught in those things where it feels like I've come this far, I've got to follow. But if you pull out at any moment and just scratch the horse, idiots aren't talking about it in 35 years' time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hang on, wait. <laughs> He's saying we're oh, idiots? Saying we're oh, no, I'm sorry. Not us. The other, other, the, the other, the other YouTube web yeah. series about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, They're no, the, idiots. No, well, the conversation that this kicks off. Yeah. <laughs> this will be a, this will spark conversation. So you're saying our viewers are idiots? No, no, the people they tell. And then they tell So our secondhand. viewers' friends and family are idiots? Not their friends, their acquaintances. Okay. Their enemies? And enemies. Okay. I dare you to tell them. Tell your enemies. Tell your enemies close. Hashtag tell your enemies closer. Share information with your enemies day. You <laughs> said enemies twice. <laughs> tell your that enemies was close. the part of that. But uh, tell your enemies closer. <laughs> it's one of the things I lived by. <laughs> Fool me once. <laughs> so the white paint didn't look too convincing. So they, they go, oh, well, I know what will solve this. We'll wrap the ankles. Oh. I thought you meant with, like... With gla- bandages. Oh, I think you said glad rubber. No, bandages, horse bandages, covering the horse's ankles. Um, still, this wasn't the end of their problems. They're like, all right, we've done a pretty bad job on the paint job. We'll put a coat on it. The paint like on the thing of- doesn't work. Let's cover that as well. And you don't mean a coat of gloss? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they put a high put a second coat machine on. gloss. I reckon I don't know what can fix this paint job. Another paint job. Well, this was hair dye because I'd heard, I'd heard a long time ago about this briefly and that they painted. I'm picturing like house paint with <laughs> yeah, a brush. like a roller. I was yeah. imagining a roller because like brush feels like it's too close to the texture of a horse. Right. Yeah. So it's just it's like brush dripping. on brush. <laughs> you yeah. can get a horse hair brush. Yeah. <laughs> that so feels just, appropriate. You're just rolling on. That's what they should have tested the hair dye on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, so if the socks, the orange paint job, that wasn't the end of their problems. All of a sudden, one of them realised they hadn't fit the horse with shoes yet. It was going around barefoot. Oh, doesn't that hurt the horse? Well, but technically, you put socks on before shoes usually. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, that's true. Good point, Dave. Yep. I don't don't know if it hurts a horse because they, when do they they put them on if they're going to have to work on, because I mean, horses don't naturally have shoes. Yeah, that's true. Their feet are very hard. It's Mm. just, I think horse hooves are just, you know, keratin or whatever, fingernail stuff. Just, yeah, right. I think they evolved. They used to be like f- feet with toes and, and it sort of evolved out of a nail, I think. Is that not true? I think that's true. Evan, in post, <laughs> can you put either true or false underneath <laughs> that? Is it flashing on the screen right now? <laughs> <laughs> so, then it, so it doesn't have horseshoes on at all. It doesn't have horseshoes on. You need a farrier. Yes. And they apparently grabbed the phone book like, who's, who's a farrier we yes, know who can keep a secret? Because <laughs> obviously we're bringing in someone at the last minute. They're going to see this weird scene. <laughs> they call in Freddie's tight-lipped farrier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we Get don't Freddie tell no... <laughs> I ain't no snitch. <laughs> Freddie, just put the shoes on. I don't want to hear nothing. <laughs> I ain't I'm seen just no... going to put some shoes on a horse. I ain't seen no horse. I ain't seen no horse. I just see horse feet, okay? <laughs> I just put the feet on the horses. <laughs> I'm a butcher. <laughs> so I'm off, so I'm off the scent. <laughs> so they got they got a What do you fat- mean? I never met no horse. <laughs> I never I never put no shoes on no horse before. I'm allergic. I'm allergic <laughs> to horses. Why would I put shoes on horses? <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this bit, but I love this character. Tight lip Freddy, the farrier, who's yeah. great. I, I don't even have hands. How could I do this? How could I do it? I've never even heard of a horse before. What does it look like? What's a horse? Is it like a bin with wheels? I don't know. Could I don't be. know. I could, I could be what a horse is. A bin with wheels. He's good. He's, he's good. good. God, he's tight lipped. He really throws him off the scent. I mean, he's not tight lipped, he just speaks gibberish until people, <laughs> until people lo- go, lose interest right, and walk right. away slowly. Okay, we get it. Jeez. <laughs> So they get they get the farrier around, tight lip 
Freddy. Yep. And uh, he realizes when he gets there, he's like, oh, this, I thought it was a harness racing horse. Is this a, it's a thoroughbred, is it? Like, yeah. And he's like, I've only got, I've only got shoes for harness race horses. And they're like, well, we don't have time. Just chuck them on. Apparently, they're quite different. They're made for very different running styles. But they were running out of time. The Some plan shoes is for were better them than none. To win the race. Yeah. And they're not really putting any actions into place to win the race. No, it feels a little bit now, everything you've told me, I would give them odds of thirty three to one. <laughs> yeah. Which is what they had in the first place. Yeah. They've they've done everything to make this horse that's way better than the field come back to the field. He like by the end of this. Yeah, he deserves to be running yeah. this race. I mean, if he wins this race, like, he deserves the yeah. win. Totally. So, so he's now a recently orange horse <laughs> with uh, white feet and bandages. <laughs> he must look like such a fool. <laughs> this horse looks like an idiot. <laughs> it's wearing the wrong shoes. Uh, it was badly dehydrated the day before. Just, it's just, it's not an ideal preparation <laughs> for, a, for a big second novice handicap race. So, as ready as it was going to be, and they were back off to the races again. Through all of this, uh, Fine Cotton was still there along with them, and Fine Cotton came along for the ride to the track. They just kept it out in the parking lot. That's sad. Well, they could a window? I guess so. Because <laughs> you'd hear your name announced. You'd be like, what? no, Wait, that's me. On. I'm Fine Cotton. Yeah, Sorry, the horse would hear its name yeah. announced, would it? Horses know their names. Yeah. Horses know their names. Oh, a horse always knows. <laughs> Oh, no, that's elephants, and that's they don't forget. Anyway. A horse always knows. <laughs> An elephant never forgets. A horse always knows its name. And Freddy yeah. never snitches. Yeah, the three rules in life. Yeah. So somehow with the coat and the off and the socks and everything, they get the horse through to the starting barrier. No one brings it up. No one's noticed that it's a different horse. Can I just different say? Different size. Because it's different colour. Bandages. Bandages. <laughs> Clipping and clopping in the wrong way. It's got the wrong shoes. The other thing is, uh, which I, I just realised, is it's the horse race for losers, right? So mm. imagine all these horses are covered in bandages. Some are missing legs. They all look dishevelled anyway, right? Yeah. So maybe that's how they're getting away the with it. the perfect disguise. All these horses are second-rate or third, fourth-rate horses. Yeah, oh, yeah. They wish they were second-rate horses. <laughs> oh, I, we dream of that. All morning, word had been spreading that something was afoot and money was plunged on a fine cotton, like we said before. There are stories of all sorts of people having money on the horse, including members of Queensland's uh, Queensland Police's fraud squad. They were there on track. <laughs> hey, it's a, you know, um, it we're was un- a different time. Apparently, Queensland Police was a wild time in the eighties. We're undercover, right? <laughs> Anything goes. It was the Wild West in Brisbane in the eighties. Apparently, there was also a, a priest there, putting on a on huge bets. Mobsters. They're all at the track, cheering on the horse. They knew to be a different horse. So right, it's okay. quite well known amongst the word the got out, world. and it just seemed to spread, and it felt like most people at the track somehow knew. <laughs> Everyone's cheering on this orange horse. <laughs> yeah. Um, fine cotton. So it's race time now. Fine cotton began the race slowly, but built up speed. I guess at the start it would, you know, I was getting used to the new shoes. It built up speed and ended up running out of its skin, or at least for fine cotton, you know. Oh, you don't mean that. Literally. Down the home straight. <laughs> Not literally, no. It kept its skin I mean, on. in this story, I mean, if they had bleached the horse, it may have run out run of its out skin. Run out of its skin, yeah. They realised during the race, oh, it was a snake all along. <laughs> <laughs> they put they put horseshoes on a snake. They're oh, that dumb. I don't know if oh, snake shoes have only got horseshoes. Chuck just put them on, on just put them on. on. <laughs> we're late, we're going to go, put them on. Imagine he had snake shoes, like snake, snake skin yeah. shoes. He's actually just a shoe salesman. A door-to-door shoe salesman. <laughs> Never seen a shoe in my life. <laughs> So, I'm more of a flip-flop kind of guy. <laughs> Down the home straight, it was a race in two. Fine cotton versus Harbour Gold. It was neck and neck. The horse tra- horses traded the lead. One, then the other. Harbour Gold, Har- fine cotton, Harbour Gold, Harbour fine Gold cotton. is the favourite. Harbour Gold Can't was the favourite. Was the favourite then dropped away, that's right, yeah. okay. Fine Cotton's Kiki again on the inside. Fine Cotton and Harbour Gold. Fine Cotton's in front. They're drawing to the line. He's just in front. Fine Cotton, Harbour Gold. Lunge right on the line. They hit it all. Gee, this is close. But in the end, as they hit the finishing line, Fine Cotton bobbed at the right time, winning the race. No. I don't know why I want to applaud. Despite everything. <laughs> I mean, that horse has been through a lot. Yeah. Yeah, true. Really but quite an amazing fine win. Fine Cotton, but not Fine Cotton. Yeah. Mm. As soon as the race finished, 
There were cries around the mounting yard. Ring in, ring in, to ring in. Mayhem reigned in the betting rings here at Eagle Farm following the, the announcement of the disqualification of fine cotton. The little known Coffs Harbour eight-year-old was backed in from 33 to one to start seven to two equal favorite. The racing stewards called for an immediate investigation. They should have already been suspicious based on the rumors and the betting plunge. <laughs> but the white paint running down fine cotton's hooves <laughs> Probably tipped him off a little bit as well. No! He's melting, it's okay. He does this after every race. Yeah, it's fine. His little socks melt. Don't worry about it, it's all right. It's all right, it's how Let's he... not shame a horse, okay? Yeah. When you were saying painting the toenails yeah. different, I'm like, that is actually pretty close, Jeff. <laughs> uh, the stewards requested trainer Hayden Haytana answer some questions, but he'd fled the track. I don't blame him. Winning bets on fine cotton were not honoured, and the race win was instead awarded to the second place Harbour Gold as an official inquiry was opened. Dave, so you were right. You said you would have put your money on Harbour Gold. Thank you. You would have, you would have won good money that day. Weeks later, Haytana came out of hiding to do an exclusive interview with 60 Minutes. Weeks later. Amazing. Where he claimed he only went through with it as he thought his life was at risk, saying a man threatened him with a gun. Haytana was found drinking in a pub outside of Adelaide around a month after the race and was taken back to Brisbane to face charges. Apparently he was spotted doing some shopping. They called the cops and they, they found him, traced him into a pub. Uh, Robert North, one of the other, the, one, the, the son of the socialite, he was also charged and both men were sentenced to a year in prison. Huh. Gillespie was on the run for longer, but when he was eventually found as the ringleader, he was sent to prison for four years. None of them served the full sentences, but... Right. Well, what's, what's really the charge? Is it animal cruelty type stuff? I think it's fraud, sort right. of fraud-based charges, yeah. And, yeah, I'd probably, back then, the animal's welfare, they're like, yeah, you can mistreat a horse. Sure, it's horse racing. But you can't <laughs> rip off the punters. Yeah. Especially when the fraud squad is in on the scam, sort of. Yeah. The fraud squad would have made some money, and we didn't. And now you'll punish. Yeah, oh, right. yeah, yeah. You didn't pull it off properly, we're going to punish you for it. Totally. If you pulled it off, we'll turn a blind eye. The, the three sort of, they didn't get on all that well, especially uh, Gillespie and uh, the socialite son, North. North. I've seen interviews with both of them since. Um, North calls Gillespie a throwaway of a human being. Oh. And um, Gillespie... I don't fully get that. He's just like, he's, he's not, he's just like... Whatever. Whatever. He's not worth. He's not worth thinking about. Um, whereas Gillespie calls North a, uh, a guy with the heart of a split pea. Oh, okay. He said that when uh, when one of the phone calls of one of the mobsters came through, uh, North took the call and he handed it over to Gillespie. Gillespie spoke to him for a bit and he turned around and North had fainted. <laughs> That's oh. the story he tells. It feels like it's all like they're just embellishing the stories in both directions. Do you think maybe he left out that they'd both been donating blood at the time? Yes. <laughs> and he hadn't had any jelly beans. Everyone, it happens to all of us. Yeah. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I passed out during a blood test. They were, they were doing oh, a blood test. Oh, that's no blood. Hmm, woke up on the floor. Hmm, had to say, oh, I haven't had any breakfast. I had breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a weak little boy. Yeah. That would have meant you woke up on the floor. Does that mean you fell from... Fell off the yeah, chair? fell from a chair. I was feeling funny and I'm like, I'm not going to say anything here. No, you always say something. I'm going to lean yeah. forward and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try and stand up. <laughs> Actually, I might. I think I might go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <I'll> go. <laughs> so the, the main three guys all got prison sentences. They weren't the only ones to find trouble, though. A the Catholic... horse got prison sentence. Oh, no. <laughs> the, no, the horse, the horse is okay. But a Catholic priest named Father Edward O'Dwyer was banned from racetracks for life after betting thousands on fine cotton, having prior knowledge of the scam. And maybe most famously, father-son bookmakers Bill and Robbie Waterhouse. You're familiar with the Waterhouses? Yes. Gay Waterhouse's husband and father-in-law and Tom Waterhouse's mm -hmm. dad and granddad. They were banned from racing for life as well. And they were both bookmakers, so that was their livelihood. Really? Um, but they, they also were found to have made bets with prior knowledge and then apparently lied about it under oath as well. Shit. 14 years later, that was overturned so that I think Robbie Waterhouse maybe is... Still a on-track uh, bookmaker again? Yeah, I didn't know. Wow, that's crazy. There are also stories floating around that certain people who were aware of the scam used it to their advantage. They assumed that the switch was always going to be uncovered <laughs> and some then used that knowledge to load up big on the original favourite, Harbour Gold, who by race time had inflated odds. 
Yeah, right. right. And you, but you can't take away their money, though, can no, you? No, so they, they, they got paid on out. A, on yeah. a legitimate horse. Wow. John Gillespie was one of these people. He later claimed he and Sayers, the, the, the guy who financially backed the plan, yeah. the heavy guy, um, Gillespie later claimed that he and Sayers both made out with millions of winnings on Harbour Gold and that that was, in fact, the plan all along. Made out is funny. <laughs> they made out with stacks of cash. Yeah. With a horse. Uh, <laughs> right, so they, they bet on... That's if you believe Gillespie. And a lot of people say you can't, you can't believe anything he says. Yeah, right. He's a big spinner. But if you do believe it, he pulled, pulled off the massive double sting without the knowledge of his co-conspirators, Haytana or North. In 2010, Gillespie told newspapers he had, a, he had $1.8 million of winnings waiting for him once he got out of prison. And he took that overseas and, and uh, invested around um, different businesses in Asia through, yeah, wow. through the following decades. Huh. Uh, others cast doubt on this version of events, uh, including former Sydney Race Stewards Chairman John Shrek, who said of the revelation, with great respect to Mr. Gillespie, anything he says, you would have to take with a big pinch of salt. <laughs> <laughs> Not a grain of salt. A like pinch, a it's actually a little bit like bigger. A, yeah. A big pinch, he said, though. Yeah. Big pinch is several grains yeah. of salt. Yeah, so it's actually a little bit more than yeah. your average grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he was trying to add extra emphasis into yeah. it, but he actually diluted his point. <laughs> a huge, you'd have to take it with a huge, like a truckload of salt. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's your point now? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even follow. So, yeah, I, it's, it's hard to know, but it feels like Gillespie, you know, ego-wise, maybe he just wanted to be like, no, nah, I'm not an idiot. Yeah, I didn't do this huge dumb thing. That was the plan all along. The plan all along was that the other horse would win. Uh, duh. Sake. There's an, another story about a a guy even higher than Sayers in the underworld who had knowledge of all of this and he used it to his advantage and made millions and millions out of right, it. Right, but above that was someone else. Yeah, who was yeah. controlling him like a puppet. <laughs> totally. He was betting against it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a Mission Impossible's <laughs> film. Everyone's just taking masks yeah, off. Yeah. Ah, did it all along. I meant to make that horse orange. The horse takes his mask off and it's Tom Cruise. (laughs) Uh, You might be wondering what happened to the real fine cotton. Yes. Normally horses that have been involved in scandals like this apparently get put down. I think a lot of... Why? What did it do? But I think that it's just like, oh, it's name, its reputation has been ruined. So just let it live on a fucking farm. That is, the horse racing industry is they, like, so many of them just, they end up, Getting put down. But what after... reputation are you talking about? He was tenth of twelve shit house horses. <laughs> yeah. But that, but now we know that that was because they were overworking it. Yeah. Yeah. He and yeah, purposely nine out of thirty yeah. days. So it wasn't even that bad. That's the weird thing about it. Why not just get a real shit horse? Just let it live on a farm somewhere. Well, um, you'll be glad. That's what they normally happens to them. And that's what that's what is what horse racing normally does. Just kills them off once they've no longer race worthy but Haytana helped avoid this by hiding it on his way out he hid it at the Queensland mounted police paddock just up the road amongst the police horses he just like let it <laughs> let fine cotton into the police horse paddock it really was a crazy time for police wasn't it <laughs> basically hiding it in plain sight which is my favorite way to yeah. hide something yep. and it wasn't until months after the scandal that they discovered fine cotton was in there hanging out with the other horses Cause Months. Because they're, they're doing like they a, head do a head count. count. And they're like, hang on, we've got an extra horse. Yeah, it's an extra head of horse here. Uh, from then, Fine Cotton was bought by a movie producer named John Stainton, uh, who apparently was the guy who gave uh, the crocodile hunter his big break. Ah. And we thank you for your service, <laughs> John yeah. Stainton. He knows talent when he sees it. That horse is going to be a star. <laughs> that is totally what he thought. He also bought the rights to the story <laughs> and he was hoping to turn it into a film with Fine Cotton playing himself. Oh. That's not a horse. This is a horse. It's Fine cut. Cotton in his debut performance. <laughs> As. Fine Cotton. Things didn't pan out, though, and that movie never got made. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> But all good things must come to an end. Oh, no. And the Battler's Prince died in 2009 at the ripe old age of 32. So it did live a, a, a good life for Is a horse. Is that old for a horse? Apparently, that's a, that's a pretty good innings. Nice. Mm. And for the ringing, bold personality. So I didn't mention it before, but when they bought bold personality, the, the syndicate bought it with a dodgy check. 
Of so course like, they did. We, yeah, we're, we weren't realizing we were going to have to buy another horse now. So we don't have any money until we make all this money from the scam. So they wrote a check and said, yeah, catch that. But there was no money in the account. So oh, when, the, when they fled, bold personality, luckily the Coffs Harbour horse owner happened to be on track that day. So apparently a lot of the day they were like, oh, he's going to notice. So they had to like, there was this scam within the scam of keeping his attention away from his oh old horse. Oh my God. <laughs> hey, hey, over here. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to get a baby to take a photo. You're like, oh, yeah. look, keys. Oh, <laughs> yeah. isn't that fun sound? Get out of the way. I need to watch the horse race. No, no, no. He's no. a bunny. Oh, bunny. Oh, they're giving away free pies. <laughs> you like those, right? That'll work for you, Dave. That'll work yeah, for you sorry. every time. Yeah, sorry. My one thing. That's how I distract you always. So but because the check bounced, he, he they never really bought it off him. So the, the original owner got him back and he also lived a quiet life into his old age. Oh, yeah. But it, I think it was a super, like, it just ruined him as a racehorse. Oh, no. And he, he never raced again, I don't believe. But he did die. But he did live a, a long, peaceful life, which yeah. is nice. That's and it, good. And, yeah, that, that brings us to the end <laughs> of the story of the fine cotton scandal. The darkest day in Australian racing history. Not really, but they, they said that in the papers at the time. <laughs> They've done more fuck stuff than this. <laughs> this is a spin-off of our podcast, Do Go On, with over 200 episodes to listen to. If you like this topic, check out some of our other sport controversy-related episodes like The Malice at the Palace, The Montreal Screwjob, The Rumble in the Jungle, and that time Australian cricketer David Boone drank 52 beers flying from Sydney to London. Subscribe for free on your favourite podcast app and be sure to subscribe to this channel to check out our other videos. Now we're going to take Matt away to get that horrible horse brown out of his beard. <laughs> oh, you got to give that a good rinse. Ooh. Rinse that off, you dirty boy. Get in the front yard. Evan, could you fix this in post somehow? Maybe just put a horse on my face? Put glitter in it. Oh, glitter horse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> glitter you, horse, Evan. that'll fix it. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>